Hi. And welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan. <laughs> Thanks. Bizarre. <laughs> and joined by Brent and Hello. Ski. It's me. And uh, today we're going over season three, episode four, The Housekeeper. Do you have something you wanted to? Oh, I'm just going to say that this episode was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> was it? <me>. Yeah. <laughs> You're really up and down. I was like, housekeeper, sweet. Some of that cocoa action. <laughs> but no. Well, that was just like a quick up and a immediate down. I'm going to stay down. <laughs> so, it's a very, oh. very boring roller coaster after that first lump. Right. So I don't know, but still, I guess a, a roller coaster nonetheless. It just had a, a very quick, you know, steep, was it? a steep drop, yeah. but then it just stayed low the whole rest of the ride. So now that's it. I, I enjoyed, well, we'll get to, yeah, I guess, yeah. our feelings on it. Yeah. But I would hope that uh, that that quick steep drop didn't uh, taint the entire episode for you. <laughs> Your word choice tonight is just. <laughs> so uh, mm. I, I did think I should go ahead and share with you. We did get a couple comments from Numi here oh, recently. Nice. So nice. how's she doing? Uh, she's doing well, as far as I know. Anybody from the Philippines comment? No, no one from the Philippines commented. Um, but uh, what did he say? Numi said she sent uh, a couple messages. Well, total of three altogether. One okay. was a reply, but she said, uh, I'm still here listening every week as usual. I really mm. like this episode. Now, this is referring to, um, let's see, it would have been episode 24 of season uh, season two. What did I say in that one? I don't know. No. But, <laughs> I, and I don't know if she meant, the way she says it, oh, it says there's, the Golden Girls yeah, I believe so. Um, <laughs> there's something with the angry flirting between Dottie and Al I enjoyed. And thank God that Blanche just laid flat and let someone else have the handsome man for a change. Hmm. And uh, Sophia's mocking of a willing owl. And then she says, love and stay golden. Nice. And Dottie then she, and Al. I don't remember this episode at all. The, the cops. Dottie and Al? Dorothy and, prof and uh, Professor, but uh, Detective Al. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Clooney episode. <laughs> right, yeah. That was, that was a good episode. Mm -hmm, it was. And I love that they called her Dottie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and then she said, and yes, the time difference, uh, you mentioned it uh, in an episode two or so ago, uh, is major. When do you upload episodes around nine, was it? I get my, uh, I get into my podcast play around 16, 4 p.m. Okay. Um, her time. Yeah. And I said, uh, we put it out 10 p.m. Eastern time, uh, so that uh, I guess that puts us about six hours time difference. And okay. That we're glad she's uh, still listening to our foolishness. Indeed. Exactly. So. Exactly. I'm just glad that, you know. You posted at 10. I mean, she's got the episode in time for 420. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, the proper time. I mean, Exactly. I, you know, I am not someone who partakes myself, nor yeah. are either of you two. But mm -hmm. um, but that said, I imagine it would make our episode significantly better if someone exactly. did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Add like, to the experience slightly. Yeah, yeah, by all make means. 75 minutes fly by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just would hope we wouldn't harsh anyone's buzz. Well, that's why I do this to sort of keep them grounded. Oh, <laughs> keep them from flying too high. Keep, keep our numbers from flying too high as well. <laughs> so, well, that was one. And then the second, she sent me a picture. Um, okay. The best of this uh, this meme that's going around that I've seen. Oh, very nice. It's a Bernie Sanders meme, the one from him at the inauguration. That is pretty great. Um, yeah. They're surrounded by the Golden Girls. Yeah. So. That's, that's well, you know, the coloration is actually really good. Mm -hmm, yeah. A lot of times when they copy-paste a picture in there, it's it's clearly out of place. I did three of those. Did you? Now that um, you made yourself? Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, with only... Bernie or somebody else? <laughs> yes, with Bernie. But I think <laughs> only one of them would interest you guys. Hmm. Um, Nonetheless, I'd like to see all three. Okay. If you've got them. 
So it's, um, as you guys may or may not know, within my top five favorite movies of all time, of course, is, you know, The Shining. Oh, oh, oh very nice. <laughs> so. It's nice that you got a black and white, too. That is really good, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The <laughs> He's right up in front. He's yeah. enjoying the night. Um, <laughs> the other two you don't care about, but um, a lady that I used to work with mm-hmm. um, has way, way, way too much money. Okay. Um, and like she has some sort of a one percenter type house and they redid their bathroom. Oh, okay. And so, you know, I had Bernie sitting on her fancy crapper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fancy light they have there. Yeah. Um so how'd you get a picture of her bathroom? Is it from online or yeah, something? Yeah, she had posted it. It's like, <laughs> okay. Oh, our bathroom remodel's done. Wow. And it just annoyed me just how highfalutin that crapper was in the bathroom in general now was she somebody who was like your level at the job but she had uh, just no um like she was the hr manager or director oh, okay. so i mean she was a smidge above me or whatever well so i wonder if the husband has some sort of a highfalutin. yeah 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 um i think he's um like retired military plus okay. he's like some sort of an it cio type thing or... yeah a lot of those retired military guys go on to have some pretty high jobs mm-hmm. in business um, yeah I, i've told lance before he's yeah. one of our best friends he's in uh, the air force and he's high up there he's a yeah. master chief and um, i've told him like you know you could go out into the private sector and make a shit ton of money yeah. if you wanted to um but he still loves to serve our country, so God bless him. God bless him indeed. And then the third one that I did was a company I used to work for, um, just this poorly attended um, awards. They had a conference, and then they had like an awards ceremony at it. And, you know, <laughs> and like as if Bernie was like accepting an award. See little tiny Bernie sitting on stage? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I like it. He's in the back. That's really well done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, I had told I replied to Numi's and I told her that it was my favorite one so far. Yeah, which, I liked it too. Yeah, I would say though, if I'm being honest, it's tied. Yeah, my the one it would be tied with is like you know that classic picture of uh, the New York construction worker sitting yeah. on the, okay. the beam, <laughs> you know, suspended in air. Having their lunch. Did, yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone did a really nice version okay. of that one. So, as the keeper of our social media, whatever, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to do a fourth one and I'm going to send it to you. Okay. And if you could send it to Numi. I would appreciate it. Well, can I just post it on the... I mean, I can send it directly, but can I post it on the page also? Yeah, if you want to. Just don't give me credit for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should ask Doobie if you could post hers as well. I did. Well, oh. I think she actually posted it into the page. Oh, she did? Yeah, gotcha. so it wasn't just a direct message, but it was a post onto our page. So okay. Well, even better, actually. I'll send it to you, and you can reply to hers with mine. Oh, okay. That way it's Rock not clogging roll. people's feet. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so... So, yeah, uh, you don't have to tag me or at me or anything like that. Okay, I, I'll definitely make sure not to give you any credit. I try to, <laughs> I try as much as I can to give you as little credit as possible. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Brent didn't do shit. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, you show up every week mm-hmm. on I time. Do. I put yeah. in the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna put in ten thousand hours of podcasting. <laughs> right. <just so> I <laughs> can... <laughs> then you're gonna be an expert. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ready so to go pro. <laughs> So let's say, so let's just say on average, okay. you spend two hours a week doing the actual podcast. It's like probably talking. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what we'll say maybe an hour a week preparing mm-hmm. uh, about 90 minutes to hour to hour to 90. Yeah. Okay. 60 so, to 90. Yep. So we got three and a half hours in roughly yeah. a week that yeah. you're, uh, or an episode, I should say that you're devoting. Yeah. And I would say another 30 minutes just throughout the week, just sort of thinking about it. Okay. You know, organizing my thoughts. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're stretching it, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he has a lot of the cool extras. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. 
especially when he comes up with uh, some of the date analogies, or not, not analogies, yeah, but yeah. like the correlations and stuff. And yeah. So when this is all said and done, <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and just say that even for the episodes that are just recaps or whatever, <laughs> I'll say it averages out to four hours an episode okay. for all of them. Okay. That'll put you up to 800 hours at the end, so you're going to have a ways to go to get that 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay. So, but, you know, in two and a half years, you'll be up to almost a tenth. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a good solid percentage. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if Pick Me makes me his co-host, yeah. <laughs> double my. <laughs> well, he, Pick Me has not sent us any additional. Uh, like I said, I highly doubt he's continuing to listen. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, actually, I got some sad news uh, on, or disappointing news, I guess I should say. I, I saw my cousin's. For their son's first birthday party. Oh, last Dave's week. not listening anymore. He's not. Oh. I mean, he, he says he's planning to get caught up, but at a certain uh, point, he fell off the uh, the yeah. bandwagon. You told me he missed a whole lot of Trump bashing. Well, I, I didn't. <laughs> part of me, I wondered if that was had anything yeah. to do with it, but uh, he just said he, you know, yeah, I got behind and then yeah, hadn't got caught back up. And I said, what you know, happens? We, I get it. Well, I told him I was like, we mention you on a regular basis, so it's uh, you know, <laughs> oh. you, if you catch up, then yeah. my, my wife's know. aunt says that she's trying to get caught up. Oh, really? Watching that or well, listening to him rather. Now, how old is she? Is she older or younger she's older. than your mother in law? Uh, I want to say she's over fifty something. Yeah. Oh, okay, so maybe a little younger than your mother in law. Yeah, definitely younger. Okay, so she's got plenty of time then. That's all I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. Like. How if long she's gonna live? Yeah, you know, <laughs> if she's trying to get caught up. You know, yeah. I hope she gets through it before the end. I hope that's her, yeah. you know, bucket list. <laughs> but it sounds like she has plenty of opportunity. The last to thing there. she wants to get taken care of. <laughs> yeah. How should everybody so imagine if all the people dying were trying to listen to our show? How great we'd be doing? Exactly. It would be phenomenal. Yeah, and we could probably get all kinds of funeral service places advertising. Mm-hmm. If you know, we could have a lot of. <laughs> if that was services. our, that was, that our, was our main, yeah. <laughs> Constituency. <laughs> well, yeah, but to be fair, it's because our listeners have a higher suicide rate. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, we help in multiple ways. We'll advertise your service and nudge them towards exactly. the great beyond. But so you guys saw that, um, you know, ninety-nine-year-old Betty White was, uh, you know, dancing on Larry King's grave. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was. I couldn't sad. believe Larry King was only eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looked so much older. Yeah. He looked. Um, so I immediately like. So my wife told me. Earlier today, she's like, Larry King died, and I immediately bust out laughing. Because <laughs> I just, the first thing that came to mind was my all time favorite Larry King moment. Um, do you guys know Danny Putty? No, uh, I'm a fan. He was on Community. Oh, okay. And he was in the first Avengers movie. And he, he was on the episode of The Guest Book that was really funny. The guy played Iron Man? Yes, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And he, he, was on, he was actually on that. What was that superhero show, Powerless? The one that was in the DC Universe. Oh, okay. Um, him and Ron Funches. Were, and he, it doesn't matter. Right. So anyways. Manny he, Putty. Yeah. He, it's my all-time favorite Larry King moment. And he's interviewing. He's like, Larry King was like, what's your, what's your favorite luxury item? And Danny Putty was like, I'll enjoy a good cup of coffee. And Larry King's like, you get coffee anywhere. That's not a luxury item. What do you like? And he's like, a nice pair of running socks. You know, whenever I buy an expensive pair of running socks, I just sort of feel good about myself. And he's like, like you put on your feet? He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I run and they're good. And Larry King's like, socks and coffee are not luxuries. And Danny Putty's getting kind of flustered. He's like, what else you want, old man? Exactly. He's like, Larry, tell me, what's, what's a luxury? And Larry King's like, 
private jet. <laughs> and Danny Buddy's like, I'm a voice on DuckTales. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we're operating on different levels, sir. <laughs> and, he, and he's like the third male lead on DuckTales. It is not private jet money that he is pulling in. I actually saw a commercial for, like, online for uh, uh-huh. for some, like, nice running socks. Yeah. Those things are freaking expensive. Yeah, they are. They're like $15 a pair sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I mean, for seems... for a pair, yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, so do you feel they're good? Like... I mean, they're really high quality, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I guess it really just just go to how much money Larry King must have had versus <laughs> yeah. a, a normal person. Because <laughs> exactly. yeah, I would feel like that private jet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was spending fifteen dollars on one pair of socks, I feel like that was a luxury item. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, be. for fifteen dollars, yeah. you could get like a twelve pack of Hanes. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyways, that is funny. Well, I mean, my, the first thing I thought of when I heard that he had had COVID was yeah. that he was saying, you know, heaven, hello, um, <laughs> which Sherry enjoyed that joke. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, best to him and his family and all that. Glad yeah. That, uh, yeah. He had a long, illustrious career. Yeah. My yeah. condolences to his seven ex-wives. Yes. Was it that many, really? <laughs> he was pretty close. Was, yeah. he, I knew he got married a lot, but I didn't realize it was seven. Well, you yeah. look like that. You got to beat him away with a stick. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, Brent is the Larry King of the podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I think yeah, that catches us up with all of our, I don't know. the Viewer mail. Yeah. Viewer mail Ooh. and then the news of the day, you know, keeping yeah. it a bit light. So. Yes. So anyway, so with that, I guess uh, we're ready to turn it over to you, Ski, to start up our recap for uh, The Housekeeper. All right. Mm-hmm. Season 3, Episode 4, The Housekeeper. Woo-hoo. Original air date was October 17th, 1987. Uh, mm-hmm. This one was written by Winifred Hervey Stallworth. Yeah. And uh, directed by Terry Hughes. Now, one little comment before we even get into the actual episode is it starts, and for what I think may be the very first time, the opening shot shows us the rear of the house. I feel like we might have seen that before, um, but it's I, if a we have, certainly I hadn't, rare. I hadn't, I hadn't yeah. recognized it before, but this time I definitely, because we had talked last week about how sometimes they switch it up mm-hmm. uh, with like a, a car pulling into the driveway or something, and this time they showed the back of the house, and I was like, oh yeah, wow, we don't see that. Yeah, well, I think, I just feel if like we our, have, it's been rare, like you said. I feel like I have a slight memory of us making a comment about that that would have been the view that the old woman who died would have seen something like that. Okay, uh, maybe, uh, maybe. Mrs. Claxton. Yeah, but I don't know. But it, it, if we've seen it before, it's been quite rare. I definitely remember we talked about how the houses must have been situated in order for her to... <laughs> right, yeah, like a U-shaped kind of a situation yeah. to see the backyard and to be across the street at the same time or, the, or whatever the episode where the tree fell in their yard or yeah. something, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. But I did like that opening shot. That was a nice... Uh, Money shot. Yes. <laughs> and they show it again later in the episode, even. Mm-hmm. So, uh, excuse me. We open in the living room. We see uh, the doorbell rings. Dorothy and Sophia are actually standing right by the door waiting. Uh, and it turns out it's a cabbie uh, who's there to take Sophia to a wedding. I think she says for Phil's daughter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll be gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, they have a short, kind of, but funny discussion about uh, wedding gifts. They say their goodbyes, and Sophia departs. I don't know. I I started off just a little bit apprehensive about the episode because I was like, well, clearly Sophia's a very small part of this one (laughs) because they're setting it up by sending her away for you know the majority of the episode. Mm -hmm. So Sophia's up there in years, like so they trust her to get to the airport and get through 
everything you had to go through at the time, like boarding do, passes and tickets. Do they say where get, she was going? They said a wedding, but I don't think they said where the... My assumption New York area, because yeah. I, I would assume that's where Phil probably still yeah. lives. I mean, so. she's going to be gone for a while. It's not local, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, she's pretty with it for the most part. Yeah. You know, now if this was like a month after stroke, then yeah. maybe not. But I'd say at this point she seems to be. I'd say mentally she may be one of the most capable at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she loses her glasses. Right. Yeah. Right. Then, <laughs> then she's going <laughs> to She's board a, to the world then. A burrow to the Grand Canyon. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she just walked right out in the traffic. Yeah. Hope Air I'm traffic. Sp- sprint into traffic. I think we established yeah. last time. Hope a kindly mendicant gets her to the gate. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get any actual shots of the uh, airport in this episode. So, exactly. <laughs> but uh, oh well, I'm sure that uh, mental pictures, Alan, mental pictures. Yeah, exactly. Brent has his own story going on in the background, <laughs> so that was part of what he thought of for those 30 minutes. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, what did she do while she was gone? <laughs> right. What is the real B story here? Mm. No, but I do. I mean, so you guys don't <clears throat> think about the episodes just as you're doing whatever. Uh, you know, I would say, I guess, you know, probably not intentionally, but yeah, I'm sure. It, I don't think, I don't have like a moment where I'm like, okay, here is going to be my 10 minutes of thought of the episode. But yeah, I'm sure that it, it does still permeate other things. I certainly yeah. think about it because I think about like what my rating would be and that kind of stuff and, yeah. you know, how I would justify it or not justify it. And, yeah. you know, so yeah, I guess there's additional time for sure. I don't know if it's 30 minutes an episode, but, yeah. you know, it's, uh, I spend my extra time doing the editing, so that's true. But um, and Skeeta has his extra time doing his sort of recap. The laugh track. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if you, how would you feel about it if you listen to you know? Because I don't believe either of you two have ever listened to an episode. Have not. Um, yeah. I if I had like a robust that. laugh track, but I only did it when I made a joke. Exactly. <laughs> it is just literally the sound of crickets. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like I edit out our laughs from your <laughs> jokes. Just silence for like an extended period of time. Yeah. And then I just, you going like, anyway. And then. <laughs> that is my line. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't do anything quite. All I really do is edit out ums mm-hmm. and. Um, Maybe silence. Yeah, there's silence. Or sometimes like if, you know, one of us gets a little tongue tied and, gotcha. you know, need a minute, I'll, I'll edit that out. Mm-hmm. Or if uh, we happen to touch on a subject and i'm like you know what mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't have gone down that path yeah. um, then i've edited out a couple little yeah. you know sections of that as well mm-hmm. but but well, thank you for that yeah well, no problem um now if it's comedy gold mm-hmm. then you yeah. know even if it's a little touchy i'll leave it in there yeah. but uh in general the things that have been touchy are not comedy gold anyway <laughs> <laughs> so it's easy enough to, to edit out but cool anyways but no, I don't add any uh, special effects in her. Okay. That would be really odd if I made it like <laughs> robot sound effects and <laughs> lasers. But Have you guys ever seen that Saturday Night Live skit with The Rock where he's the evil scientist? I don't yes. think so. That was one of my fu- favorite things of all time. I've never seen that. So hilarious. And then I... I yeah. I don't know how he could have... You yeah, can't really describe that online. Yeah. With, it's very inappropriate. Yeah, but just YouTube's uh, The Rock, Evil Scientist, Saturday Night Live, <laughs> Robot. 
So, and I'll play it for you when we're done here. Okay. It's well, well worth it. Yeah, it's so I had never seen it in my life, <laughs> and I think it's probably three, four years old, something yeah, like that. And I was I, like, where have I been? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. watch Saturday Night Live, but something that funny normally goes viral, or I right. hear about it, or something. <laughs> yeah, that is surprising that because I don't think I've ever heard of it either. It's Maybe so it's because the from what you're saying, the, the yeah. inappropriate nature of it kept yeah. it a little subdued as Maybe. far as. It's probably the second best bit of acting The Rock's ever done. What would be the first bit? Uh, that second Jumanji movie. Oh, so you thought so? This is better than he did in the first Jumanji movie. Yes, but not but, as good as in the second. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, Have you seen Jumanji two yet? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And Jumanji two. Did he play? Was it? Uh, he did the Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't remember if he was Danny DeVito or Kevin Excuse Hart, me. but. Yeah. Um, well, I think he eventually switches back to another character later Hart. on, too. Uh, so Donald Danny, Glover. Donald Glover, yeah. No, so. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> he was not the childish Gimby, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah. So, so The Rock, SNL, Evil yeah. Scientist, Robot. I'll find it for you check when it out. here. Yep. So, yeah, so Sophia leaves, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And then uh, from the back, uh, Blanche, Rose, and another woman that we don't know. A young uh, fortune finder. <laughs> Say what? A young fortune finder. <laughs> <laughs> they walk uh, into the living room, <laughs> and they're uh, they're apparently interviewing her. I don't know the joke, and I feel like I need it explained now. <laughs> I, I mean, Ski's going along with it, so I don't know if he knows it or if he's just moving past I'm it. I'm just moving on. He just oh, okay. assumes it's a character from Die Hard. Oh. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Mr. Brent is wearing a very cool uh, sweatshirt. Yeah, those of you who don't know because all of you can see us. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, everyone doesn't know except for us. He's got a, a red sweatshirt, and it's got a really cool little logo. What does it say again? What's the company name? Nakatomi <laughs> Corporation yeah, Annual Christmas Party, which is the company from Die Hard. When I first saw it, I did not get the joke because I forgot the name of the company. Mm-hmm. But he had to basically spell it out for me. Well, <laughs> I, I mentioned the Yippie Kaye that it says. It just fell totally deaf yeah, on me. And I That's... mentioned Hans Gruber and stuff. Well, you nothing. said that later, though. And then I was like, yes. And then he falls from the building and then he dies hard and still nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's still so ski like. I didn't think you said Hans Gruber till after. No, I, I don't think he said the Hans Gruber till after. I would have totally gotten that. Yeah. Cause... But, but then. It, that was probably the best part, though, is when Brent's like, yeah. Uh, and when he falls from that, he dies hard. Yeah. And when he hits S- the ground, he will die hard. <laughs> yeah. And then Ski sat there for about another five seconds and was like, oh, is it from Die Hard? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that, but I, I really was trying to figure out how the, the picture correlated to the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, okay, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's only one of the great movies of the 80s but yeah. you know yeah i don't know and, and debatable as far as greatest christmas movies ever oh i'd put it up there yeah it, it's just that thing of like i guess it's a christmas movie i don't know why it wouldn't be because none of the theme of it is really christmas other than that it happens at a christmas party yeah. I'm trying to get back to his family that's like a christmas movie staple yeah, i guess so okay fair enough mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with it then apparently ski though doesn't even think it's worth remembering so. whatever <laughs> <laughs> crawl through a yeah. air vent for you later that <laughs> makes you feel better as long as it's uh, as long as you walk through some broken glass I'll, I'll wear it with it. a tank top on which you absolutely love mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> a ski is a tank top loving man nice so. not really <laughs> but I have worn them in I mean, not really the fuck you're not <laughs> I've only worn them a handful of times as an adult <laughs> but a well, handful of times is more than <laughs> any other adult would wear them <laughs> 
I have seen a dozen pictures of you in tank tops. So unless you've sent me every picture that you ever worn a tank top. Well, let's let's back up just a minute. How many have I sent to you, Alan? Well, fine. I've seen <laughs> a dozen pictures of you in tank tops as an adult. So normal size armholes are the kind that go down to like his belly button. A little bit of both. Um, well, no. <laughs> he, He's never had the kind that are cut that way. Yeah. It's just been like, oh, that looks like that was made for a much larger man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just hangs down lower yeah. for that. Uh, one of my, uh, probably my favorite picture of all time of Ski has him oh, sitting no. around the dinner table. Oh, no. I think like they were having a cookout or having chick. I don't know, but mm-hmm. they're having a family gathering of some yeah. sort. And Ski is wearing this uh this tank top that's hanging down like that uh-huh. and in the picture it looks like he's wearing a muumu because you can't even see the bottom of it the way it's hanging down and he's you know mid bite on a big like i think an art like, stick or something it was a really bad day i i didn't even know my picture was being taken first mm-hmm. of all and i think i just mowed the lawn before that yeah yeah i think that was your your it was, it was not an attractive excuse. picture no I mean, it was fine. I mean, as far as the attractiveness goes, but it, it was, was horrible. It was hilarious. I don't know. I feel like that for Ski's 50th birthday, I'll try to get that blown up and you know, <laughs> poster size. For you blow it up, and then I will blow it up. How's that? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think I'll, I'll put it in an indestructible frame. <laughs> <laughs> like plexiglass? No, like gorilla like glass. Laminate. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so go ahead, though, with your average. Now here's one way that you could like, in, in like immortalize it, mm-hmm. and this is after we get the big you know podcast money, right? right. Yeah, oh, Immortal- that's still a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, well, Lam- they, they always it. say around season three is when that <laughs> those, those bucks start rolling in. Get the syndication money. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep in mind that uh, although we're recording this now, season three hasn't kicked off on the uh, you know people haven't heard it yet. Gotcha. So that's why the advertisers haven't started beating down our door just yet. <laughs> any day, <laughs> yeah. any day. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say, you said Gorilla Glass, which made me think of Gorilla Goals. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of our favorites, right? Right. You get that picture laminated as the backboard of oh, a Gorilla Goal, <laughs> and I will keep it around forever. Well, and that y'all have it uh, concrete installed in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I think it would be better if I had it painted billboard size on the side <laughs> of your house. <laughs> 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 that'd be amazing that'd be like if i were that guy how much that, you think it would cost it would cost thousands and thousands of dollars like if i was the guy who hit that billion dollar jackpot <laughs> um, that would definitely be something i would consider spending part of that money on oh, good. <laughs> i would spend a little money on that i would also spend a money on when james goes on vacation i would have his entire house redone in rose tico um, <laughs> memorabilia <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i don't know i trying to think of what i would do i mean i would do nice things for people too i wouldn't just <laughs> use use money to do mean things but um be, use your money for evil right you'd be a hans gruber <laughs> well, you know, i wouldn't be a murderer i wouldn't well, use no it. no i'm just like the, the mischief the villain. not evil <laughs> i would be mischievous but i wouldn't be evil so. yeah, well even you know if you had a billion dollars okay mm-hmm. You would have more money than Hans Gruber would have had if he would have been successful. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so very true. Post-heist Hans right. Gruber. <laughs> yeah, so we don't know how Hans Gruber would have been once he had the money and was settled. Exactly. He may have been a lovely fellow. Start giving to charity. Yeah. <laughs> Free time he starts donating. We're <laughs> doing so well now. Yeah, you exactly. put that money towards, you know, some investments. And stuff. Yeah, Hans Gruber could have been Robin Hood. We don't even know. And, mm-hmm. and Bruce Willis was <laughs> the one who, you know, or Detective McClain. 
Leave yeah. it to the cops to ruin a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably was going to cure, you know, world hunger, but mm-hmm. nope. Exactly. So. Sally Struthers ain't got nothing on him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like the idea that now Hans Gruber is the greatest cinematic hero of all time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he was just cut before he was able to do yeah. all of his good works. Yeah. So. There's that bit from um, How I Met Your Mother where Barney's talking about, um, you know, Hans Gruber was, you know, the the scrappy underdog or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, he's the titular character. He, he's the one who dies hard. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, Ski. Sorry about that. So Fortune Feimster and the Goldens are walking through the thing. Yes, yeah. So they're... Excuse Did me, we sorry. ever establish who that is? Fortune Feimster, no. I don't know what that yeah. is. What was that a reference to? Fortune Feimster? Yeah. It's just a reference to uh, actress Fortune Feimster. <laughs> oh, was that her name? No, that's not her name. Oh, okay. but there is an actress named Fortune Feimster. Oh, okay. I didn't think <laughs> who's so. like, like our era's version of this lady. Oh, okay. I forget who this lady's name, but she was in um, your troop Beverly Hills. Yeah, her name was uh, or Paula Kelly. I don't know if it's a was. I think she might still be alive. Yeah, so. she is. But. but she was in Troop Beverly Hills with America's sweetheart Jenny Lewis. Very nice. From a few weeks back. So the girls are walking back into the living room, right? Uh, and they're talking to this lady. Fortune and Feimster. she is, yes. <laughs> uh, they're interviewing her as a prospective uh, housekeeper. Uh, the girls have decided that uh, they need additional help with the housework since, you know, they keep so busy. And I added, with weekly hijinks. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, like, why did they bring back Coco? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would have been a pretty good option. Although maybe they already knew that he was more expensive than they were willing to pay. He's moved on. Yeah, he's found other work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his rate went up when he, once he got his papers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's there living with Mario Lopez right now. Ah, there so, you go. But yeah, that was a a missed opportunity for it sure. Was. So. It well, was. the lady discusses uh, her previous job, or at least we're led to believe it's a job uh, that she worked at San Quentin Prison for 15 years, mm-hmm. having seen oh, yeah, Johnny Cash. Fortune. So, are, are you referring to the to that woman? Who, which woman? Fortune. When you keep saying Fortune Feimster or whatever. Yeah, that's her name. Okay, so and that's a woman who is like the the prison guard woman? I don't know if Fortune Feimster's ever played a prison guard. Oh, okay. But I mean, but that's a woman who is similar in... Uh, yeah, whomever... What's this lady's name? Karen something? something. Kelly? Uh, this one, Midge was her... Deborah Rose is her actual name. Deborah Midge Rose. is the character's name. Gotcha. Okay. So. Well, Deborah Rose um, looks like the 1987 version of Fortune Feimster. Okay. So look up Fortune Feimster if you give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fortune Feimster's funny. Um, my wife's a big, big fan. Oh, okay. um, I'm somewhat of a fan. So, But she does stand up, and she was on Mindy Project, and she's been in lots of things. So I will go ahead and... Okay. Pull her up. All right, you do that while Ski continues on. Uh, she worked at San Quentin Prison for 15 years. Mm-hmm. We don't really know that she was a guard. She just says she was there for 15 yeah. years. Uh, and in that time, she says she saw Johnny Cash eight times. Yeah. Yeah, I know that uh, Johnny Cash was known for playing in prisons, but I don't know if he went to the same one that, that frequently. Mm-hmm. So. She doesn't really say that he was there as a performer. Well, that's true, but I it did definitely give the impression that she was not there voluntarily. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I actually looked into it. San Quentin was specifically a men's prison, mm-hmm. so she had to have been there in a working oh, okay. lunch capacity. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, either that or mistaken identity capacity, I suppose. <laughs> uh, they wrap up the discussion. <clears throat> discussion, rather. I did like that Johnny Cash joke. Did, did yeah, you? that was a good one. Mm-hmm. 
And, but Rose asks a final question. Uh, she says, does Johnny Cash ever wear a plaid? <laughs> uh, all the ladies kind of dismiss this question. <laughs> Dorothy explains it away, saying you know, that she is uh, from uh, Minnesota after all. Mm-hmm. The lady exits, and Blanche states that uh, they have interviewed dozens of candidates. Uh, however, nobody has they have talked to seems suitable. Mm-hmm. It seems like a large number, dozens. That's at least twenty-four. Too. Yeah, because I mean that's a lot of people for them to have come through, and and not a single person seems okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's for a housekeeping job. I mean, not look, housekeeping's a hard job. I certainly yeah. not something I would want to have, mm-hmm. but it also isn't something that I would think would take a huge amount of qualifications. Yeah, and you would assume that you would be maybe looking in the want ads or something for someone who has experience already. Yeah. Well, given how fixed their income is and how many money schemes they've had, <laughs> right? they're not paying top dollar. Well, that's true. So within the echelon of people who would apply at that rate, it's <laughs> slim pickings. Yeah, that, that's a... But then they should be telling them up front, like, hey, this is what we have to exactly. offer. Um, We're looking for an intern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will give college credit exactly. as long as you're willing to put out. So. Would you like to be an old woman someday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Work here. We'll sh- Work your way in. Yeah. Exactly. We'll go. show you the ropes after maybe, 32 maybe years. Maybe you're kind of old already, maybe you know? Old. Yeah. Well, so similar to what we were just talking about, actually, Rose, you know, suggests that maybe their standards are too high. And uh, the doorbell rings again. Uh, Dorothy answers it, and another woman asks, you know, if the, uh, quote, mean-looking lady she just saw lives there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy tells her no, and then she says, okay, well then, uh, uh, then I come to apply for the housekeeping position. You don't have to do the accent the whole yeah. episode. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's in a somewhat Jamaican-like accent. Right, would, you agree? Yeah. would you guys agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, the actress or you? Them. Uh, mine was more Irish, actually, I thought, <laughs> no, I as soon as I said you sounded reasonably Jamaican. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that you're like, oh, Faith in Begora, I'm here to apply for that. I was keeping job. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we'd be jobbing. <laughs> yours was the most half-hearted. <laughs> I don't do the voices. Well, that's fair. But, but So uh, Dorothy invites her in, and they all you know, make their introductions. Uh, her name is Marguerite Brown. Uh, Blanche asks her to uh, describe herself a little bit. She responds bluntly and concisely, saying that, you know, she's a hard worker, she's honest, and she will work for a reasonable wage, which, mm-hmm. to, to what you guys said earlier, probably factors in highly. Yeah, but it's like, so the other 24-plus people <laughs> didn't have... I think maybe she was just being hyperbolic, too. Like oh. Maybe she's just exaggerating that dozens seems like a high number to us. Yeah, perhaps, but... Like, I, I didn't get it. The, the way she was moving, it was like she was blind or something. She did have, like, a weird gait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it was something that she was like, well, this is my character, like, that I have, like, this rhythm in my body type something. situation. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was. I think maybe she's playing too many uh fighter games on video mm-hmm. you know like oh so you think she was like <laughs> that's her little stance yeah you know, like skirmisher <laughs> <laughs> like voldo type of a situation yes <laughs> so, yeah. well, he was always the creepiest yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. um but i thought it was odd too she she isn't a jamaican actress like she's from the u.s yeah uh so you know apparently she was just faking that accent the whole time yeah you know, stealing a job from a real Jamaican. <laughs> right. <laughs> Appropriation. Right. So uh, Rose asks, you know, is that it? And Marguerite then jokingly adds that, you know, she won't continue this charade any longer, adding, I'm black. Yeah. Now, if that's a problem for you, you know, I'm white. Of course, that'll cost you extra. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good <laughs> that one. That was a pretty great line, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, they all laugh together. Uh, Dorothy uh, facetiously saying that, you know, oh, I could kiss you. But Marguerite then adds, you know, that she's not up for any of that freaky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems, you know, insensitive nowadays. Yeah. Then, you know, with a completely serious face, Rose comments, oh, neither do Dorothy and I. Yeah, I thought that was one of my favorite episodes, or it, one of my favorite lines of the episode. Definitely, like, so Blanche, you know, gets this disconcerted face when she realizes that what Rose says completely excludes her. Yeah, although she doesn't necessarily protest. Yes, uh, but she doesn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, Rose does not correct or add to that statement either. Mm-hmm. Then they just move on past it. Uh, at that point, the phone rings, and Blanche goes to answer it. It is a man on the other end. We don't hear it or anything, but we can just infer. Uh, his name is Norman, and he is breaking a second date with Blanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is very upset by this, clearly. And uh, Rose suggests that maybe he's just not interested. But Blanche uh, refused to, under, to uh, agree with this, saying that she's the most, quote, attractive and available woman in Miami now that Dino, Donna Rice has moved to Hollywood. Right. So, yeah, Donna Rice, I mean, I think we discussed her recently, mm-hmm. that she was the one who was in the scandal with Gary Hart. Yep. Um, so it's odd that they would bring her up. You yeah, know. reboot. Yeah. But I think that was pretty big news back then. So Probably I guess, so, yeah. You know. uh, Marguerite offers uh, Blanche a bottle of liquid, saying that you know she just dabs a bit behind her ears, that anyone she desires will be coming to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche asks what it is, and she simply says it's a gift. <laughs> Uh, Blanche tells her that she doesn't have to uh, bribe her because as far as she's concerned, she's got the job. Dorothy and Rose kind of excitedly agree, and they make plans for her to start the next morning. Now, looping back to what we were talking about before, if they were being so picky before, this relatively very brief encounter, she gave, you know, I, I agree that you know being honest and working for a good wage, pretty good mm-hmm. characteristics, but yeah. overall, they didn't have a whole lot of... I mean, they've only mm-hmm. known her for, what, a minute at this point? Yeah. Right. Like, you're it. You're hired. Yeah. So, unless, you know, Rose's comment that their standards are too high really mm-hmm. got to heart. Yeah. But uh, she does seem like a charming lady, so yeah. maybe that's what it is. Like I said, they make uh, plans for her to start the next day. Uh, Rose walks Marguerite to the door, and she reminds Blanche. Oh, Marguerite reminds Blanche to use the, uh, the liquid as she uh, recommended before leaving. Right. Rose suspects the bottle is a love potion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy scoffs at the idea, saying there's no such thing. But Rose starts telling a story about how her grandparents actually got together because of a love potion. The story, however, quickly divulges that her grandfather swallowed a salve, I think a foot salve, yeah. which sounds gross. <laughs> uh, and her grandmother was the nurse that pumped his stomach. However, even that didn't go quite so planned because she... Quote, attach the nozzle to the wrong place. So do you think she, like, tried to suck it out his asshole? I mean, that's the only I, thing I could assume. That or maybe his, his dick? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess, have you ever <laughs> have you ever had your uh, stomach pumped? No. Have you ever known of anybody that's had their stomach pumped? I think so, but not... I would, but not, I mean, like, not, personally. Not yeah, like a... I was... Yeah. I, I, you've I never knew. been party to it. No. Um, yeah, I, neither have I. And so I guess I don't know what the process is where... A typical. I, I hope I never find out. I've always assumed that it would be down the throat um, I think to it get is. it out because you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to digest it. Um, right. But uh, yeah, so the only other options would be to attach it somewhere down below, which, you know, theoretically, if the goal is to get it out of the person's system, instead yeah. you're pulling it through the person's <laughs> <laughs> system. <laughs> so, so yeah, it seems See, like a pretty big mistake. <laughs> um, well, you know, hey, it works because shortly after they were engaged. Yeah, that's true. So, Grandpa pulled through mm-hmm. 
Blanche comments that uh, she'll try anything to get uh, Norman to pay more attention to her, which seems like a big promise, you know. Mm-hmm. Dorothy adds, though, that uh, you know if he does find or pay her a lot more attention, it won't because of what's in the bottle. Uh, but as she's walking in the kitchen, uh, then she pops back in, though, and while she's standing in the doorway, she adds that if the liquid does attract men, she'll sell her mother for an ounce. Right. <laughs> That is one constant theme of the show for not so much for Rose. Like occasionally Rose will get, you know, a little desperate for companionship, but it's rare. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Dorothy is constantly desperate for companionship and mm-hmm. Blanche seems like she can't go. Anytime not, without. Exactly. It's not that she's a desperate for it per se in general, but it's just that she never goes without. So, well, I thought about that actually the exact same thing. Well, uh, at, at the end of the scene, I was like, it's weird though because Blant or like if they've ever got one of their events like a, a wedding ball always got dates. Right. Like they don't usually ever go without so Blant, uh, Dorothy among them. So mm-hmm. that's true. They always find somebody. Um, so we change scene at this point, uh, and then we see Dorothy rush I mean, rushing out onto the lanai, the lanai to show a colorful rock to Blanche and Rose who are already out there, saying that she found it under her bed. Uh, she continues saying that she thinks it may be some kind of a charm. Marguerite, hearing this, immediately speaks up saying that it is a charm and something she learned from her grandmother to help improve sleep. Uh, she told Dorothy that, you know, with the terrible bags, I guess bags under her eyes, uh, she must need the rest. Uh, Rose pipes up saying that, oh, no, she always looks that way. Yeah, that was another great Rose line. And Blanche even adds that it'll take more than rest to get rid of those. Yeah, Rose was doing great with the uh, unintentional um, insults in this one. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Dorothy, feeling piled on, suggested everybody take a turn beating her with a two-by-four. Right. <laughs> Marguerite apologized for, you know, causing all this commotion, and she exits. Uh, Rose points out that Dorothy recently mentioned how well she'd been sleeping, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dorothy dismissed any possible correlation, you know, to some kind of painted rock. She continues telling the girls that after a full week, Marguerite has really not been doing a very good job at uh, cleaning the house. Blanche disagrees, citing that her time with Norman has been improved, saying you know, he's been on her like white on rice. Right. Uh, Dorothy kind of takes pause at this phrase, but then continues to point out that she has uh, been lax at work, regularly is late, broken several glasses, and even threw away People magazine before she had a chance to read it. Mm-hmm. Rose then states that several pauses have occurred since she's been working uh, for them. Blanche is now with Norman. Dorothy is sleeping well. And Sandy Duncan is back on TV. Yeah, yeah. When, um, what was the original air date on this one again, Ski? October uh, 17th, 87. Yep. 87. <laughs> so at this point in time, you know, Sandy played. Duncan would have been taken over for Valerie Harper <laughs> on uh, on the show Valerie, which was later changed to Valerie's family and <laughs> then later changed to the Hogan, Hogan family. family. Yeah. So I wonder if this show isn't a big fan of Valerie Harper, yeah. um, because I kind of feel like if you're applauding Sandy Duncan getting back on TV, <laughs> yeah. then you're also applauding Valerie Harper getting, you know, Get axed, yeah, yeah, because of her contract disputes. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Valerie Harper was on Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh yeah. With Betty White and. Yeah, so that makes it even harsher yeah. then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that that was. Uh, 
slighted her uh, co- uh, past coworker. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, though, maybe it was that like, oh, this bitch thinks that she can get extra money, yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> you know, yeah. we're going to go ahead and pile on uh, that she got fired from her show that yeah. bared her name. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think Sandy Duncan has a glass eye. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, she got what she deserved then. Employment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you lose an eye, you deserve a job. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Not that I ever had qualms with Sammy Davis Jr.'s success, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm extra supportive of it with his glass eye. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's so, one more hurdle he had to overcome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was what, that, what was the other one? Jewish. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that, that, that was the only thing during that time. <laughs> yep. Sadly, it is not the only thing, but it's probably a significant hurdle in yeah. some circles. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I digress. Um, anyway, Dorothy <laughs> suggests that uh, they talk to her about her performance, mm-hmm. and uh, but Rose misinterprets this asking, "You know Sandy Duncan?" <laughs> yeah, that was a good Rose dumb line. Uh, just then, Blanche hands Dorothy a magazine, saying that, "Oh no, Marguerite didn't throw out their People magazine." Dorothy takes the magazine though and uh, says, "Good," and smacks Rose on the head with it before they walk back into the house. Mm-hmm. Another elder abuse, poor Rose. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, she makes the dumb comments. They're just going to keep beating her up. Yeah. Or she pees on the carpet again. Right. <laughs> right? Well, that is that for the pig to do? Mm-hmm. Mm. Speaking of which, did the pig ever mess in the house? Did they talk about that? They said they made a mess, but did he ever, like... They talked about him stinking, but they didn't specifically talk about him, you know, having bowel movements or anything. I'm sure it would have happened, but Ugh, they didn't bring That would be it up. pretty awful. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it would be a large amount, too. <laughs> it's a huge freaking pig. Yeah. But, but uh... We change scene again, and there we see uh, Dorothy entering the kitchen now, uh, where she sees Rose sweeping the floor. Mm-hmm. She questions why she's doing that when Marguerite is the one being paid to do that. Rose answers that you know she just called, saying that she'll be late, but she had a really good excuse this time. She had to uh, pluck a hair from the chin of a dwarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dorothy looks down at her very judgingly, and sarcastically says, "You fell for that old excuse." <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was solid. Uh, Blanston enters and asks you know, if they'd seen uh, the housekeeper saying that she'd melted the buttons on her blouse and it'll be impossible to open correctly now. Yeah, I like the Dorothy follows it up with that it's a dark day in the history of mankind. Right. <laughs> uh, Rose states that they should probably have another talk with her, but Dorothy points out that they already talked to her several times, and despite how you know pleasant she is and how much they all like her, she simply hasn't been doing the job well. Uh, Rose compares the situation to uh, Mrs. Gunderson, a uh, t- teacher back from St. Olaf that as she got older, her mental faculties started to kind of fade and she mixed up some facts, giving the kids some erroneous information, such as the body is 80% Ovaltine mm-hmm. and mustard gas you know, is uh, something you get when you eat too many hot dogs. Yeah, I kind of wonder if she was like a Nazi apologist or whoever it was. <laughs> I really like that line, though, at the mustard gas. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and then what she followed up with that everybody... Oh, everyone in St. Olaf now, I think she said it was for 4th of July, had a hot dog bun with like a thin egg. Oh, like, yeah, like that's right. omelet or something. <laughs> yeah. Blanche presses Rose for what the connection is, and she explains, you know, similar to their situation, even though Mrs. Gunderson was a lovely person, uh, she was no, able, no longer able to perform her job well and then had to be let go ultimately. Uh, Blanche asks if they uh, can postpone firing her, though, for a few days. Because she thinks Norman is about to ask her to a show premiere. Right. I couldn't tell if it was a movie or a play. Do you guys know what it was? 
I assumed it was at the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater. <laughs> Could be. Maybe. Yeah. Very well possible. I mean, if it's a show premiere, I hope it wouldn't just be like opening night of a movie. Well, so. like a, a premiere of a movie. Well, is yeah. I mean, I suppose Miami is a metropolitan enough area with enough celebrities that you could have a, you know, a premiere of a movie there. So maybe that would explain why Norman was such a hard dude to get if he had access to such events. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, Dorothy asked though that uh, what are the two things they have to do with each other? You know, <laughs> Norman right. uh, going on a date with her and. You know, Marguerite. But uh, Blanche replies, though, that the, you know, the potion may have helped bring them together. And that uh, Dorothy says it's absurd, and Marguerite has no mystical powers that connect the two. Blanche relents, though, and tells Dorothy that, you know, go ahead, whatever, fire. Dorothy asks, you know, in an agitated tone why she has to be the one to let her go. Blanche snaps back, though. You're the meanest. <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was a great line. Well, that was a great line. And then the... Rose's follow-up was even better because she says, Dorothy just looks the meanest. Yeah. I think that's my favorite line in the movie. Yeah, that was show. another really solid one. Like I said, that's, you know, three so far at least that, you know, those unintentional insults that were excellent Rose ones. <laughs> she's on fire. Yeah. the My first... So I've got probably two lines tied, or tied for first on mine. Uh, the one where neither do Dorothy and I in response to being down with the freaky stuff. And then Dorothy just looks the meanest. Yeah. Uh, Rose suggests uh, that since uh, they all hired her, they should all fire her together, too. Dorothy thanks her and says, by the way, you look the dumbest. (laughs) (laughs) Almost like it was a compliment. Right. Well, and Rose doesn't even look particularly offended by it. She's like, oh, thank (laughs) you. Okay. Uh, Just then, Marguerite enters through the rear of the kitchen and wishes the girls a good morning. Uh, Rose immediately gets up and tells her that she feels just terrible and gives her a big hug. Marguerite is uh, uh, understandably confused at what's going on, and she asks what's wrong. Uh, Dorothy says that Rose is upset because she just found out that uh, Jean Shaw wants his hair to look that way. Right. Uh, Marguerite apologizes for being late, who explains uh, with a smile that she took a uh, trip downtown so she could concoct an aphrodisiac for Blanche. Uh, she exits the kitchen to go you know, get back to work, and uh, Blanche protests that they can't let her go now, since she's making the aphrodisiac for her. Dorothy loudly tells her to just use vodka and black underwear like everyone else. Right. <laughs> I thought that was also pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose says they should yeah, just get it over with before she wimps out, loses her nerve. Uh, they enter the living room and uh, confront Marguerite, who you know figures out that their weird behavior that morning uh, is because they are firing her. Dorothy tells her that they all like her very much as a person, but she just isn't doing the, the job she was hired to do. Uh, she apologetically says that you know she'll they'll still pay her for the remainder of the week, and that they hope she understands. Well, prior to uh, or just prior to Dorothy, you know, dropping the axe was my favorite Blanche moment of the episode. What's that? Well, when they walk into the room, says, "But before we do, I oh, just yeah, want you yeah. to know that Tootie is my favorite on the Facts of Life." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's Blanche's way of like, "I'm not racist. I like Tootie." Yeah. So. I can't possibly be. Right, yeah. I mean, sure, I talk about lynchings all the time, but <laughs> but I really enjoy that tootie. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just talked about Kim Fields just the other day, didn't we? We did. I can't so. remember how we got there. but Yeah, me either, but uh, I don't know. I guess it was all around that same time frame, so yeah. it makes sense. Blanche also, in a sad tone, says you know, they're very sorry, and Marguerite, in an ominous, ominous way, replies that yeah, they should be sorry because they're making a big mistake. She kind of hands Dorothy her apron and walks out giving uh, one last glare at the girls before she exits. 
Blanche and Rose kind of speculate about how she left and what she might have meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's ominous, but I don't think that it's... It's not threatening, really. Yeah, she's, yeah, it's not threatening, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's she's not She's not like, saying, I'll show you. Right, it's just that they're making a big mistake, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that you could see anybody potentially walking out and saying something to that effect, but... Uh, Dorothy tries to bring him back to reality, though, and says, you know, she's just upset that she was fired, which is exactly what you were saying. Uh, Just then, a loud noise, though, comes from the other room, and Dorothy adds, or that she's going to blow up our kitchen. (laughs) Uh, They all rush into the kitchen and see water spraying out from the uh, faucet mount of the sink. Scene change. Dorothy is uh, now grilling out on the lanai when a softball flies onto the patio. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy throws it back to a neighbor girl uh, when Rose enters holding her hand and saying that it's been the worst day of her life which seems like an yeah. over exaggeration yeah not as bad as the day charlie died i would think but you know perhaps even worse than that i guess maybe you know, their first their 10th anniversary or whatever no mm-hmm. no it was her birthday maybe when she ate cake alone oh by the yeah her birthday yeah, yeah. By it was the most uh, depressing <laughs> yeah. part of the series so far yeah. well i guess maybe the she would look at that day that charlie died and be like yeah but i also got laid so you know it's true <laughs> It's that not all bad. Yeah. 50-50. Right. At least Depends on the time of day twice. Yeah. <laughs> For hours. Or if it was Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so she says that, you know, her alarm didn't go off, making her labor work. Uh, she got a flat tire, and then she uh, got her hand smashed in the door, which is why she was holding her hand. She says she feels like uh, getting into bed and just eating Velveeta straight from the box while yeah. she's under the covers. Yeah, that would definitely clog you up, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't think an older person or any person should eat straight up uh, fake cheese. <laughs> well, <laughs> Dor- right. Dorothy adds that, you know, B.B. King does that when uh, he's tired of singing the blues. Right. Uh, she tells Rose mm-hmm. to you know, sit down and she'll Rose pour did some- say she has the right to sing the blues. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> she has mentioned that. <laughs> but uh, she says, you know, sit down, I'll pour you some lemonade. And uh, you're just having a hard day. Rose sits down on a lounger, but at the bottom collapses and she falls right to the ground. Uh, Dorothy helps her up, and when Rose suggests that, you know, things have been really weird lately, <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy again dismisses anything out of the ordinary as just a string of bad luck. Right. Then the, the softball again immediately flies into the yard, hitting Rose in the chest. Rose doesn't seem to even be phased by yeah. it, though. She so. just kind of shrugs it off, asking if she thinks that's really what it is. Right. Know? One thing I noticed, though, like in this scene, and maybe it's just after this, and it would have been easy to miss, but or, uh, Dorothy lays the metal tongs right down onto the grill. I mean, they appear to be completely <laughs> metal tongs. And I they didn't just catch walk, that. Because I was wondering, like, oh, is she going to go to pick them up and that'll burn her hands? But no, it's just an odd <laughs> choice as far as... Well, they're cold. She's Yeah. I mean, you see what she wears. <laughs> yeah, She's always true. cold. Yeah, so she was just trying to heat them up to give she herself She was only cooking warm. as hand warmer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Dorothy uh, reaffirms her stance that, you know, there's nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, but when Rose offers to help with cooking, Dorothy you know, shoes her away, calling her jinx. Mm-hmm. I think she kind of half apologizes after that, though. Uh, but then Blanche walks out and tells him that uh, Norman dumped her for a woman of sizable presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think her exact phrase was, Norman threw me over for a fat woman. Um, so, yeah. I think that's probably accurate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose says that she's very sorry to hear it, and Blanche thanks her but blames Dorothy due to uh, them firing Marguerite. Right. Still claiming that she has some type of power over their uh, fortunes, and that now she has cursed them. 
Uh, Rose says it makes you know sense and points out all the crazy things that have been happening to each of them since letting her go. Blanche also reminds her that uh, the menacing warning before she left. Uh, Rose says that maybe they should offer her her job back, and uh, Blanche then goes to start or ha- starts toward the he- house to uh, call her back up. Dorothy stops her though, and insists that you know sometimes bad things just happen, and that uh, and then she challenges the girls, asking, "Has anything that out of the ordinary really happened?" Uh, at that exact moment, though, a man in a fuzzy-looking bird costume, which apparently is supposed to be a crow, lands on the lanai. Uh, with his parachute kind of billowing over top of the back of the building, uh, he asked them, uh, this isn't the Orange Bowl, is it? Right. <laughs> and then they close the scene. Now, do you feel like that wouldn't be the last straw for me? Because like, that's not even anything that bad. That's just unusual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like he destroyed something, you know, that yeah. uh, it was just like, oh, wow, this guy came parachuting into our backyard. Yeah. Clearly, we're cursed. <laughs> well, I think it was the timing of it. Yeah. Like, what really has happened, and then immediately after. Yeah, a really unusual thing. But, but like I said, not an unusual bad well, that thing. that happens to me like three times a week. So <laughs> right. Yeah. Got a lot of parachuters in our area. Mm. Well, I mean, I think, I don't know. Not really. I mean, how far off was he? Like, if you know, he's trying to land in the Rose Bowl oh, yeah. in Pasadena, California. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I didn't think about this. So he says Orange Bowl. Yeah, Orange Bowl. Orange is the Orange Bowl. Bowl. Okay, yeah. gotcha. But that, if he said Rose a... Bowl, if Rose had left a bowl outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, it was Orange Bowl. But, I mean, still, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what their, uh, you know, uh, proximity is to. You know, I, I backpedaled a little bit. But wasn't Rose actually peeling some oranges or something? Well, she, she was on the lanai. I can't remember, to be honest. I thought she was handling some fruit. I thought she had oranges. So maybe if he fell into that bowl, it could have been an orange bowl. Could have been, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember if she was actually even peeling anything, yeah. much less yeah, specifically what it was or if there was a bowl. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of good Well, it's a stretch regardless. Yeah. I was <laughs> trying to be funny and I think failing, apparently. No, no, you're definitely... Failing. Okay. Failing. Agree to agree. <laughs> So we changed scene again. The girls are now all in the living room, kind of cleaning the area and preparing some snacks, including champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've invited Marguerite back. Dorothy asks if maybe they're going a little bit overboard with all this preparation. And Blanche then reminds her of the crow that landed in their backyard. Right. The crow man, I think she says. Dorothy then asks, well, yeah, do we have any caviar to go with that champagne? Uh, the doorbell rings, and Rose tells the girl that she's scared. Uh, Blanche confidently says that yeah, there's nothing to be scared of before uh, kind of cringing behind Rose and telling Dorothy to go into the door. It is Marguerite, and she uh, Dorothy invites her in. The girls ask her to sit and make herself comfy. Uh, then they give her some champagne, like a little glass, uh, a bouquet of flowers, and a gift box with a tiara inside. Mm-hmm. When she opens it, all the girls kind of just like, what? Rose explains that since uh, they had told her to buy something that she'd get for herself, she bought a tiara, saying that, you know, she kind of continues saying that she always wanted one uh, when she was young at her birthday, and she would wish for one, but she always got uh, freshly carved wooden shoes. Yeah. Except one year during the Depression when she got a, a block of coal that she she herself fashioned into some shoes. Yeah, she said that she carved them into a, a pair of high-top kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which I, I don't know, like, kids, I, I looked it up, kids were around in 1916. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I don't know when the high tops 
you know, came around. I don't know if they would have. They were definitely an 80s thing, though. Well, yeah, but, I mean, they were a basketball shoe. Like, George Mikan endorsed kids, I guess, you know, like one of the first NBA superstars back in the gotcha. 40s or 50s or whatever. Before Converse came over and took it, right? Well, actually, they were there to compete with Converse. Okay. Um, yeah, so they were a competitor. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if during the Depression years if a high-top kid <laughs> really a thing, but I thought it was a pretty – you know, well, clever joke. Coal kids. Yes. <laughs> hey, do you think she got Cole's cash? <laughs> it could be. Um, wow. C O L E S cash. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was really bad. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Blanche places the tiara on uh, Marguerite's head. Just then, Sophia arrives home, and seeing the odd sight, you know, and not having ever met Marguerite, mm-hmm. she asks the girls, "What is this? The Miss Black America contest?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, she's sitting on the couch with this, you know, bouquet of flowers, the tiara, and mm-hmm. I think she even was holding the champagne. Uh, they introduce Marguerite. She asks them to pour a glass of champagne for her. Sophia does, as she's never quite sure if she's going to make it to the next New Year's. Uh, she learns that Marguerite is the the new housekeeper, uh, but is confused by the tiara, the flowers, and any connection that might have to cleaning. Right. Uh, Dorothy drags her poor mother to the kitchen to talk in private. Uh, yanking her arm, you know, we'll say firmly. Sophia, t- though, tells her to you know, calm down that she's not Gumby. When they get to the next room, Dorothy pleads with her mom to be extra nice to Marguerite and that she's not to ask her for any help, uh, only to ask Dorothy and the other girls. Upon hearing this, Sophia gets up saying that she's going off to get one of them cushy jobs as a housekeeper. Right. Dorothy insists that she's being serious, you know, with concern in her voice and meaning that She's put a curse on the girls after they had fired her originally. Uh, Dorothy says that they just need to keep her happy, and that way they'll keep the curse away. Mm -hmm. Sophia agrees to be courteous, but uh, when they go back in the living room, she immediately confronts Marguerite, asking why she put a curse on her daughter and stuff. Now, listen, I I was um, looking at something else. You may have already said this particular line, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating it, but did you happen to say the line where uh, Sophia asked her, so you always wear a tiara when you clean the toilet? Oh, I kind of glazed over that part, okay. but... Yeah, that was one of my favorite Sophia lines of the episode. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was just prior to her going into the kitchen with Dorothy. Right. So. Uh, Marguerite is confused by this question and asks what she's meant, what she means by that. Sophia explains that, you know, she uh, knows a few things herself about curses, asking uh, or citing that she removed Shelley Long from Cheers because she was, quote, tired of her. Yeah. Uh, nope. real, go ahead. Well, you can go ahead. We'll come back to it. Uh, realizing that all the gifts uh, that they'd given her and offering her job back were all now connected to this thought that they'd been cursed, uh, Marguerite uh, calls out the girls on how ridiculous that thought was. Blanche, though, asks about you know how she reversed the love potion, and the housekeeper though reveals that you know that's not a potion. It was Chanel number five. Uh, Rose doesn't believe it, saying you know Dorothy uses that perfume. All the time, it never attracts men. Yeah. <laughs> Another good zinger. Now, don't you feel like she would have been able to smell perfume? Especially since Dorothy's already using it. Yeah, exactly. Like, might, it might have recognized it a little bit. But yeah, it wasn't exactly, you know, didn't have the kernels, herbs, and spices. I mean, it was a... Uh... <laughs> Dorothy shoots her, shoots her uh, classic look at Rose before asking about, you know, what about the painted rock? And Sophia, you know, she pulls up the painted rock, and Sophia's excited to see it, so, telling her that it was her... First wage that she ever earned, and that you know they kind of like what, and so she uh, says she shouldn't scoff that there are still areas in Sardinia 
that treat those rocks as currency. Yeah. I think she even says you can get a uh, veal and pepper sandwich. Veal and pepper sandwich, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marguerite admits that you know she'd lied about the uh, rock, and because uh, she's afraid that they thought she wasn't clean underneath the bed well, uh, but you know she's a good liar, and that's why she's studying to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I think I think even uh, Rose calls her a good liar, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she continues you know, to tell him that you know she's been taking night classes and that her uh, chance to study is when the girls left the house in the morning, explaining that's why her uh, housework itself was probably subpar. Blanche realizes, though, that uh, this means that she really was dumped for a female of larger girth. Hmm. Uh, Sophia asks, no kidding, fatter than you? <laughs> yeah, I like that. That was, that was another great Sophia line. Blanche's jaw kind of drops. Uh, Marguerite... Uh, gets up and tells the girl that she's really you know she just needed a job though and that she really has no magical powers of course rose says you know she just feels dumb and dorothy adds that uh, they all let their superstitions get the best of them dorothy apologized to marguerite but uh, marguerite then insists that you know she should be apologizing and that uh, really she is a lousy housekeeper she heads to the door telling the girls goodbye sorry for the problems and then uh, she thanks sophia for taking care of shelly long uh, getting her off cheers mm-hmm. you have the actual quote i didn't write it down uh yeah and, and thank you for taking care of that shelly long i'm tired of that thin uppity white woman too <laughs> um yeah that was probably marguerite's best line of the episode i thought so i didn't understand this particular joke and even after looking up the guy I still don't quite understand it but uh rose said that when she was talking about feeling dumb she said that she hadn't felt that dumb since i found out that william conrad was one man in a jacket, uh, or was not one man in a jacket and another in a pair of pants. Mm-hmm. William Conrad, he wasn't like a particularly tall man. He was like 5'8". Like he was an average height man. I don't know why. He was fat. Okay, so just that because he was fat, she thought he was two men together? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like that, uh, I guess I'd need to see like maybe him actually, you know, in live action. I think he was that big. I looked him up. Well, at the time, um, so in 87, he would have been um, the titular character from Jake and the Fat Man. Oh, okay. And so he was the fat man? He was. He did not play Jake. That, <laughs> that was Joe Penny. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. So at least that uh, yeah. character was He was a cop in a few different shows, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So after she leaves, mm-hmm. though, Sophia asks if uh, they need her to fix anything else for him after being gone for a few weeks. Which a lot happened in the time she was gone, it seems like. Right, yeah. Not only did she work there for a while, she was fired and asked back. They asked you know, how the wedding was, and she says, uh, beautiful, until the bride lifted her veil. And then she paused for a second and said, she says, I shudder to think what was under that dress. <laughs> uh, she kind of walks back to the bedroom, and Dorothy follows. All the girls kind of shrug at the comment and saying, like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And then that's the end of it. So before we get into um, MVPs and whatnot, what percentage roughly would you do you think you've seen of Cheers? Good question. I don't know. Um, maybe I'd say at least over half. I'd say, I would say 50, be in the 60. same. Yeah. What about you, Brian? You seem like you maybe seen the whole series. Yeah. Um, if I've not seen every single episode, then I'm I've seen at least ninety eight percent of it. Okay. So are you a Shelley Long or Christy Alley person? Shelley Long. What about Juski? I don't yeah, know I'm, I about, I'm like, not talking about today, <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. I, th- I mean, I think they their strengths and weaknesses for both, mm-hmm. but I just go with Shelley Long. Okay. I I liked them both honestly. Like I think uh, Shelley Long is a better actress, but I think as a kid I found Christy Alley more attractive. Yeah, I would say that would be well. 
the attractive part, I would say, would be accurate, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I guess I always thought it was funnier with Kirstie Alley than mm-hmm. I did. I just wasn't a big fan of the Shelley Long shtick. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and I've enjoyed but, her in other things. And yeah. I love her in Money Pit. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I think the Shelley Long years, it was more of a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. And then the Kirstie Alley years is more of like a zany workplace comedy oh, okay. with like all the bar wars and I stuff would agree. like that. Yeah, I think know? that's probably So pretty as accurate. a kid, you're going to gravitate more towards the zany episodes than yeah. you are the smoochy, smoochy ones. That's true. Yeah, that definitely is true. Oh, that makes sense. I wonder if I went back and rewatched it now, mm-hmm. if I would feel the same. I just remember there was two particular lines that uh, have always stuck with me, mm-hmm. um, and they were Christy Alley lines. One, I can't remember what she was talking. I mean, I remember she was talking about breaking up with somebody, yeah. and uh, she said, like, while whilst crying, she said, "That's it, sweet baby." Um, and for some reason, that has always stuck with me. Like that was her, <laughs> yeah. I guess, rehearsing or planning on yeah. how she was going to break off, uh-huh. you know, the relationship. And then there was another one where somebody had sent her flowers. And she said, oh, why can't Mormons send flowers? And and what you Sam, doing? no, Sam was like, uh, I didn't know Mormon couldn't send flowers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always love that line. But, uh, it sounds anyways. like a Woody line, really. Well, no, I mean, I think that was Sam. Sam didn't legitimately think she meant Mormon. Um, <laughs> but uh, Now, had, had Woody said it more mm-hmm. earnestly than oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it could have been. But, yeah. uh, but Sam certainly said it tongue-in-cheek. Gotcha, but, gotcha. Anyways. So uh, we had three. Clever. Yes, we had three guest actors in that mm-hmm. one. Um, two of them very minor roles. Midge, of course, we talked mm-hmm. about already. Deborah yeah. Rose, ten titles, but nothing of real significance. Yeah. Um, Carl Ciarfalio was the Black Crow. Now that guy has three hundred twenty-three titles to his name, mm-hmm. and it seems like he is a like a consummate career guest like mm-hmm. bit part actor yeah, i mean yeah. so many of them were like thug one thug yeah. two uh, gotcha. you know like it was like really i was, I was hoping he played a parachuting crow and everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's what he was known for exactly uh, uh but when, yeah. they, when they knew they had to have, fill that role they're like there's only one guy exactly hades were crazy just some random dude parachuting in every episode maybe, <laughs> yeah maybe you could uh you know you gotta join the uh, union for that right sag uh-huh. Exactly. So maybe you could just be that your specialty. Mm-hmm. Say no, no, that's mine. Exactly. <laughs> like just product placement. You know, big orange getting yeah. them on every episode. <laughs> well, speaking of big orange, um, he actually played the uh, like one of his many credits was the ill-fated 1994 Fantastic Four movie that never was released. He was he wasn't Ben Grimm, but he was the thing. Oh, you nice. know, I guess the post. Yeah. Uh, you know, post change. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they didn't get the same actor playing Ben Grimm. To yeah, I know, because you would think that Ben Grimm was a stocky guy himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I can't remember who it was. But I, I was reading, apparently, like Mark Ruffalo auditioned to be in that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess they... How old was Mark Ruffalo when that came out? I mean, 94. So he was young, but he probably... Man, it doesn't seem... 94 seems like... Because I've, I've seen pictures of that. Like, because it was... Of uh, 1994? No. <laughs> no, from the movie. Or? I've seen pictures of, like, the movie. Yeah. It just seems like it's so much further away than... Yeah, was that 26 years ago? Yeah. Um, well, well, I mean... 27 now? Like, yeah. the, like, the film grain and stuff. Was like it, it was a 60s movie almost. That's what I was going to say. Did it take place in the 60s? Like, was it that era of Fantastic Four? Um, I'm not sure what era it was, but it was never intended to be released. Yeah. Like, the company that made it made it so that whoever had the rights could continue to maintain the rights because it's like you that was in the contract was that they had to make a movie so they made this low budget 
crappy movie whereas i guess most of the um most of the money for special effects went into the thing costume um, so yeah it was uh, i don't think they got their money yeah out of that one but it's like it's never been released i don't think on in any format um but there wow. are bootleg uh you know cuts of it you can find on it's going to show up in the Marvel Legacy section of Disney+. Plus. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be an awesome deep cut. Yeah. They would, really should put it out. I would actually watch that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, uh, well, somebody said they didn't even know if the original footage even existed anymore. Um, yeah. But, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, the other one, of course, the far more uh, okay. crucial uh, guest actor on this was Paula Kelly, and mm-hmm. she played Marguerite. Yep. 90 titles to her name. Um, probably the most notable is 12 episodes of Night Court as yep. public defender Liz Williams. Yep, she had the whole first season. Oh, was so, she on the whole first season? Yeah, and they did, And then the second season is when they went with, what's her name? And then the third season is when they got Marky Post. Oh, okay. Very nice. So, so yeah, I thought she did a solid job. But, uh, Ski, who was your MVP for this episode? I actually picked Marguerite. I thought she was a solid uh, guest actress. I thought she had some pretty good lines. Yeah. I, I could see it. Um, I mean, she was a solid guest overall, but uh, she didn't get my MVP. But who got yours, Brent? Um, yeah. I guess what kept me from going with Marguerite was just that whole the body motion was weird. Yeah. As far as like her, I don't know, blindness or whatever goes. <laughs> um, so since she's out of the running, um, my MVP for this one would probably be, I don't even remember now. I was going to go with it was if it Mitch. makes you feel better I almost I very nearly yeah. went with Rose for all it, of her good singers Rose got it for me so I mean I'll, I'll end the suspense there and yeah. to me she I'll was to Rose. I thought she was easily like I said it's just I, I enjoyed her story about the shoes mm-hmm. I thought she had so many great unintentional insults in it yeah. um, I just thought it was a really solid Rose episode Dorothy I thought had a good episode too and Sophia for her bits was yeah. good, but there just wasn't enough of her. Yeah. And Blanche was just an average Blanche episode. So, yeah, Rose Rose got the MVP for me for this yeah. one. What was my favorite line? It was an early line. I think it was a Rose. Uh, was it the one about uh, her not looking mean or not? Uh, the, they don't, the they weren't into the, the freaky stuff? Yeah, neither Blanche and I, or neither Dorothy and I. Yeah, maybe that was it. So. Yeah, I don't know. She had a few early on that were really solid. Mm-hmm. What would be your rating for this episode ski i gave it a 5.5 i thought it was pretty funny overall with some really great lines and i said that even though sophia wasn't around a lot uh her role was still pretty important yeah i came in there i came out of the same 5.5 i thought it was i enjoyed the episode i really enjoyed it from start to finish it just it wasn't like a real meaty episode or anything and having so you know like what maybe 20% 20% of best, best mm-hmm. of the episode of Sophia yeah. definitely knocks it down some. But I enjoyed yeah. it. It certainly was worth a watch. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I showed up tonight. I was going to give it seven. Oh, really? Um, but just in, you know, going through the review and everything, I think you guys are right. It's a five. Okay. So, and I also realized that, you know, I may have been drunk when I watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I You're mean, here. you may be drunk right now. Yeah. No, I'm not now. Enjoy your ride home. Yeah. No. Because, um, <laughs> you know, like... I had had a really, really, really long day at work, and so I fixed myself a stiff drink, and I think that I had an empty stomach, oh. and so, and I, because I remember, I, like, I watched it, and I was feeling really good, and so I really <laughs> watched it a second time with a hot pocket, uh-huh. <laughs> two hot pockets, wow, that I microwaved. 
Wow. So, what? So he didn't. So I make, you know, poor choices when I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so if you weren't drunk, would you have uh, made the choice of waiting 45 minutes for them to cook in your toaster <laughs> oven? <laughs> I think it was just one of those things that I was just <laughs> laughing really, really hard. And I was like, I don't want this party to end. <laughs> so I watched it again. <laughs> so, yeah. So not a contender by any means, but a, but a fun yeah, episode. Yeah. Certainly would recommend it. So, but then again, I'd recommend really great almost every episode. So, with that, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.